beloved, you are now tuned in to Three Black Men, a podcast by three black men where we talk about theology, culture, and the world around us. The following content may not be suitable if you ain't real enough. Listener discretion is advised because real recognize real. Here's the hope when we look familiar. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the pod. My name is Robert. I'm Sam. I'm Trey. And we're three black men. Hey. Yeah, I, I low-key felt like the little, remember the Disney Channel jump back in the day where they would introduce themselves and then try to draw the little Mickey Mouse sign over there. <laughs> like, I felt like we, like, we were supposed to, <laughs> I'm Rob, I'm, I'm Sam, I'm Trey, and you're listening to three black men. That's, that's where I felt like we was going right there. That was real hey. smooth. Yeah, <laughs> we could have that Disney Channel money, that syndication money too. Um, in the name uh, of Jesus. Pull it on down. Uh, I know, yeah. I was like, ha ha ha, shut up. Uh, so welcome, brothers, back to the pod. How y'all feeling? You know what, man? I'm feeling pretty good. This, look, I'm not gonna lie though, this time change is like getting all of us, like my two kids, the hardest. Like, it's throwing them off. (laughs) They don't know if they want to go to sleep, if they want to book their nap, they don't know what's going on. They just know it's dark when it's supposed to be like. So, um, but we making it. We making it happen. <laughs> yeah, I feel like my mind, not my brain, just my mind, my mental, my my mm. fourth dimension, the third eye, all that stuff. Like, I feel like it just got hit with a bus because my body is fine. <laughs> I'm not in pain, but like my mind is telling me to go, is is telling me to lay down. Like it's uh, my mind is telling me to bow down and worship. Like <laughs> go lay down. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I hate Lord. And, yeah. Nah, I hate <laughs> yes. Hallelujah. I it's not a problem for me because one thing Robert uh M is gonna do is he's gonna go lay down. Uh so I don't fight it. I'd be going to bed early anyway, so it's not a problem for me. <laughs> um go to bed at seven, no problem. <laughs> um <laughs> That's no problem. It's not no problem. That ain't no problem. That ain't no problem. 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 Um, So with that said, um, no problem for us. So on the table today, we are going to talk about the question, what are you afraid of? And I'll give a bit of context. I was running recently and listening to a running podcast. And I can't remember which one, otherwise I would give a shout out to it. And uh, the interviewer was asking this uh, professional runner and he was asking her, what are you most afraid of? What are you afraid of losing? And that got my mind to spinning, my my heart to spinning. And uh, I stopped my run and (laughs) I texted the fellas hey, I think we could do this topic some justice. (laughs) So here we are. And yeah, let's explore this topic. What are some things that you feel afraid of? Yeah, let's get into it. That is a heavy one because- It's a jarring question, yes. (laughs) Right, because it ranges from- 
you know, there are silly things that, well, mm-hmm. things that others might find silly. Uh, I'm afraid of a lot of things, right? I'll say that. Yeah. But the silly to very vulnerable things, right? So I, I, I will say that to start the, the, the conversation, but go ahead, Trey. Yeah. Like I said, there's this, this little phobias and, and stuff um, easily dropped there, but I think the thing that uh, frightens me most is the mindset of of the communities and the people. Like, there's always a communal element to what I'm most frightened of in life. Like, even in a personal sense, one of the things I'm most frightened of is like, traumatizing my children in 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 certain ways like certain like i, I want to avoid those missteps understanding that um how we're everybody like how we're shaped by trauma and stuff i'm always delicate in that sense or trying to be more delicate and i notice myself moving differently that's probably my greatest fear right now is the the many many ways that i can traumatize my children Oh, that is a who you're saying. Wow. Well, we right off the top yeah. <laughs> in here. I thought we were, it was going to be like a step by step into the kiddie pool. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. He went thank you. Straight for the, he went yeah, straight for like, the weekend. All right. Thank you. Um, my bad. I'm also claustrophobic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I was like, I thought it was going to be like, ah. whoa, okay. Man, yes, it's thank too you, late for yeah. shrimps and rice. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was like, we've straight past the appetizers. Yeah, we're look, we're, we're in here. Uh, mm. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, no, no, no. It's fine. This is good. We're here. Yeah. No. Uh, I think um, I feel like I mentioned it before. I don't know. Maybe it was just like the video was talking, or maybe it was on like the believe in yourself um but my biggest fear has always been like being invisible um so like uh I don't do well with being like ignored um especially like when I'm clearly unhappy uh yeah because and it was a Zora Neale Hurston that said that uh, if you suffer in silence, people will kill you and say you enjoyed it. Um, I think, is that her quote? I don't know. Don't, don't quote me 100%, but I it's heard okay. that. Uh, and I feel like that just, that right there is a big fear of mine. It's just like, nah, man, like I want to be heard. I want to be seen. Um, and shout out to those people who actually go out of their way to see me. I love y'all uh, very much, man. Y'all mean a lot to me. So y'all know who y'all are. <laughs> Ooh, um, thank you. I, I'm fearful of a lot. And as I was listening to both of you, I, ooh, I, I think for me, I am very cognizant of the fact that my life was shaped in fear. Um, my earliest memories are of being afraid. And I think of the impact that that has on my childhood and the man that I have become and am becoming, right? Um, When your earliest, you know, when you think of your earliest memories for a lot of people, that's a birthday party, um, whatever it is, receiving a toy at something. Uh, My earliest memories are of terror. 
And, and so for me, fear is part of who I am, right? And so <clears throat> I'm afraid of a lot. <laughs> um, uh, I think a lot of my fears are interpersonal. Um, I am regularly afraid of being misunderstood. Uh, it affects me. And I am regularly misunderstood. <laughs> um, um, do what, can I ask a question? Yes. Um, so do you find that you over explain yourself or you fight to not over your explain over explain yourself because of that? Both. Or even apologize a lot or fight all, to not all the above. Cause I, <laughs> the, I get that. And the, I do those things. And like my therapist helped me realize like, yo, this is a problem and, and this is why. And I'm like, yeah, so I get the, that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that. All the yeah. above. And I'm working every day. I'm working both individually and with my therapist because being under misunderstood affects me in ways that people will never understand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you do, you do. Yeah. Um, I, for me, that kind of goes hand to hand with like just being invisible. Like, cause when you don't understand me, you, you know, people just kind of just brush it off to the side. Oh, well, that's just nothing. Yes. But for you, that, that means something. Or for me, that means something, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I get yeah. that. And so when people say things like, oh, you don't care about this. Ooh. <laughs> no, I spend all my day over caring, <laughs> um, spending so much cognitive energy on overthinking that when someone thinks, oh, you're arrogant, <laughs> shatters teeth. Um, or people assume you didn't really think this through. No, I spent so much time thinking it through that I didn't sleep for weeks. Um, and that hurts me or when people don't consider my feelings, um, and they don't, un I spend so much time over explaining that it physically drains me and exhausts me. Um, mm -hmm. the chief thing that I want is connection with my loved ones. And when I don't have that, it hurts me. Um, so yeah, misunderstanding, I, I will say is, is, is a tough one for me. It hurts. And I think one of the greatest fears in my life will be dying prematurely and still being misunderstood by those whom, whom I love most. Um, that's a legitimate fear is I will die and sure the world will misunderstand me. The world mm. thinks I am whatever. <laughs> I think, you know, he's great at this. He's blah, blah, blah. But it's the people who am I called dear to me. They will never understand what things are important to me, etc. You know. I don't know what to say after that. Like, I'm sorry. I'm a bit emotional after that. <laughs> yeah, for real. Feel that entirely, especially if you are even somewhat familiar with seeing brokenness like like in your sphere of influence in your family of origin whatever that is that that um as you as you grow older and um, ever aware of what you may have uh 
I don't want to say missed out on how you, how that 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 shaped your experience. Um, you become more aware of of the potential of repeating those things. You know, like I I don't always like the language of generational curses, but no, that's that's for sure one of them because it's hard to know what you don't know. Um, and then as we're finding out, it's always this like the same. <laughs> same paradigm that happens to a lot of people when they go to seminaries, you learn all this stuff in seminaries, you feel like you can't bring back to the church, right? Yeah. When you start yeah. learning how to make relationships work and try to bring that back to a community where like, y'all don't speak the same language no more. Mm -hmm. like, it's tough. Truly. It is tough. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, especially like now, um, uh i i you, rob you said it before like I, I we get we understand each other in a lot of different ways and um so like my father was like a, a really he's a disciplinarian really strong disciplinarian so and disciplinarians operate on fear um so there was a lot of things that um i'm learning now i have to I don't have to fear them, you know, and it's weird stuff. And it's like, why was I afraid of that? But it, it's going back um, and kind of like what you said, Rob, it, it's just weird fears. So like, I, I never hurt myself really growing up as a child, but I was hurt by people physically. And so I was always afraid, like one of my, one of the things that gives me a lot of anxiety is that my kids would get hurt. And I had this breakthrough one day and I was like, I was just so pressed and I just had this breakthrough one day and I was like, you know what, why don't you just make a list that whenever you start feeling anxious about something like that, because they're playing with somebody else and some, maybe they fail and they bump it and it's, it's whatever, but write a list of what you can do to help heal them. Because one of the things that I want to do is foster an environment where my kids can heal, um, where they can feel safe, uh, even if that means just wiping some blood. But and it's helping. Um, it's helping that fear specifically. Um, but I'm now looking for other ways for other fears that I have, um, no matter how uh, insignificant or whatever they matter to me um like i jokingly said before this i was like i'm afraid of clowns uh so we took um <laughs> we took our niece our nieces wanted to go to halloween horror nights and we went to halloween horror nights and it was nothing <laughs> it was like, i mean, it was like i mean it was literally it was like i don't know it, maybe it's just different than what i was remember or whatever but it was a waste of time <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know oh, what i'm saying and uh, but for me it that was major for me because that was that was a big stronghold for me i ain't do clowns i was like my kids would never have clowns at their birthday parties they go to a birthday party where a clown is there i just don't i can't go i don't do clowns yeah. but now it's just like whatever you know what i'm saying and so like I, it's one it's, it's just freeing because we're doing this episode and we're talking about our fears and it's just like so many of my fears are now being thrown at me or I'm realizing but I'm kind of able to push past them um 
I don't know. It's just weird. I like yeah. it. And with that, this is the perfect time to take a quick break. Stop, look, and listen, party people. I wanted to, on behalf of the three black men, give you some ways that you can support your favorite three black men. So uh, I wanted to say that, number one, you can like, rate, and review our podcast. So all you have to do is go on especially if you have Apple Podcast, just go ahead in the app, like, rate, and review, okay? Um, but only if you have something positive to say. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so when you like, rate, and review our podcast, uh, it uh, increases our visibility, uh, and it helps us to um, be more credible, it helps us to uh, gain sponsorships. Uh, so, yeah, so like, rate, and review. Number two, share this pod on social media. So, especially when we drop trailers, go ahead, retweet that on Twitter. <laughs> and yeah, go ahead and share. And lastly, you can support our Patreon. Uh, we'll have our Patreon link in uh, the description of our podcast episodes. You can also follow us on Twitter. Um, so yes, yeah, so those are a few ways that you can be um, active in helping to support us. And maybe you personally don't have a lot of money and you want to know what are some ways that I can encourage and amplify these brothers' voices. So those are ways that you can practically engage with us, amplify our voices and uh, the conversations that we are trying to put out there in the world. Amen and amen. Yeah, I think one of the things that's important for me is um, resilience is mm -hmm. something that's thrown around uh, in connection with Black people. And we are resilient and we have, we have had to be, we are currently, and we will be in the future. Um, there's not a Black person that I know that is not resilient. Um, I don't know of one. I do not mm. know one Black person <laughs> that you cannot characterize as um, weak or lazy. Um, I know different ones that have been shattered, um, that have been so resilient to the point that they've cracked. Um, but they weren't, they weren't lazy. They weren't, you know, and so when I think mm -hmm. about fears, I also, this, this conversation is also, a, to me, it's in a larger framework of um, the country that we live in too, um, and the underpinnings of our country, um, the terror and the fear that's knit within our country, right? And, I, you know, I wish that I could, I wish that we could have this conversation in a shallow way that it, you know, the fears could be like, you know, I don't, you know, 
Uber Eats or, you know, Postmates. Um, <laughs> I have a fear, yeah, you know, like, yeah. you know, you know no, I wish seriously. it was, I wish that it could be shallow. Right. Um, and I wish I didn't cry already to once in this conversation. Um, but for me, <laughs> like, because there are so many things, both of the trauma that I've endured, yeah. but also I think there are things that inform our upbringing Mm-hmm. from our parents but also the things that shaped our parents and in, in the society that we live in that caused terror um and i'm thinking about that you know i that hurts me i think of um <laughs> i i think of uh, honestly for me uh vulnerable time i I have not driven um, except for uh, a couple of times at night uh, since Elijah McClain died um, here. And um, I have fear about that. And um, that is a driving force in my life. And I wish that it wasn't so. but I have anxiety around that. And um, again, that is that is a racial conversation. Um, mm-hmm. That is a real pressing thing that I wish that I wasn't fearful of. Um, and that I'm sure somebody is listening and they're thinking, just drive at night, man. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? Oh. you know, like, um, but for me, Elijah dying was a turning point in the fear and anxiety that I already felt um, living here and then uh, being black in America. Um, Mm -hmm. And so my anxieties that were already on 10 uh, went through the roof. (laughs) Um, So just cruising around, enjoying life at night uh, has been non-existent um, for me. So, yeah, so I'm thinking about that is, my own personal fears and then being in the larger framework of being a black man in America, um, they're not disconnected for me. (laughs) Um, How they feed into one another, for me, I I don't know where one begins and the other ends is something that I'm thinking of. Yeah. No, I I get that. Um, So y'all know we recently moved so we're not in Tampa anymore and so where we are it's it's a more of a coastal town in Florida and uh it's small town very small like before COVID everything shut down at nine o'clock like (laughs) everything shut down before COVID so and if you don't know about Florida most of the coastal towns were like sundown towns for us uh so like every other house on this block has like Trump 2020, Trump 2024, don't believe me, I voted for Trump. Uh, And there's not very many of us uh, here. (laughs) Um, And being, you know, a black man with locks. One of these things is not like the other. Right, you know, so I've adapted to like always using cruise control, no matter where I go, like the speed limit is 45, I'm on cruise control at 45, you won't get me sometimes under uh just because like i'm already a convicted felon 
you know what I'm saying? And it, it literally just takes them to run the tag and see I'm in the car and I'm a convicted felon and, <laughs> and I'm about to cry because I hate it so much. It happens every single time they run my tag, they see I'm a convicted felon and I get pulled over. I, I don't go to Osceola County to this day for that. <laughs> like, like when Trey was like, oh, I'm in Orlando. And he told me who was. I, I told my wife, I was like, it's Trey and we're going to go. Because that's the Four Corners area. I was like, it's Trey, we're going to go. But best believe, I was on my best behavior. I used cruise control because that's like the area <laughs> where no matter what, they run my tag. And so... I had this legitimate fear, uh, even before that, like that I would get picked on by cops, but just because of my experience. Um, and, and just for backstory, for people who don't know, I didn't grow up with a hate for cops. My dad is 25 years law enforcement, retired now. Um, I have other family members, law enforcement. I grew up uh, evangelical, <laughs> uh, a, a Billy Graham, uh, <laughs> evangelical. So I did not grow up with this disdain. Uh, it wasn't until I saw it that I was like, mm, what you said earlier, Rob, one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> um, so I get that, like, and I think now it's probably amplified just because of, like you say, like Elijah McClain was really big, um, like seeing how that affected you and then really reading the story and watching I try not to watch videos but I watched that one when I read the story I had to watch it and that made it so much worse um for me you know especially hearing like yo if I could just change everything about me <laughs> he was like yo I'll stop being me you know and I feel like yo if I could change some stuff about me I would just so y'all would leave me alone not my blackness <laughs> of course but like, if I could, I would just leave me alone. You know what I'm saying? So I get that. That's a legitimate fear. Will that ever go away? I don't know. But I get that, Rob. I do. Weird. I get that. Elijah McClain, father. Um, then one, one thing that I want to highlight and then ask a question is I, I heard in what trade you mentioned earlier is is not wanting to like essentially pass things onto your children and, mm-hmm. and, and essentially like care for your children in a generative way like I I hear that and I <clears throat> I think people probably listening probably can relate to that too like I I think sometimes, um, and I don't know if you feel like this trade, like, I think sometimes, or let me ask you, because I, I see this manifest in people like, who so don't want to hurt their children or their loved ones, that it can paralyze them at times, um, or cause them to slip because they're like, I don't want to hurt these people, like, how, or how does that resonate with you? I don't know that I've felt paralyzed by what it has motivate, uh, what it has done is is motivate me in a sense, right? Mm. So um, 
I, I spoken about it, and I, I even spoke about it on Twitter, but like the other day, uh, last week, for the first time in my entire life, like I scheduled a therapy appointment like for myself. It wasn't family therapy or or marriage counseling, nothing. Like it was just for me. And um, <laughs> when I sat down with him, he does the little thing he has. Okay, so what brings you in? I'm like, yo, I don't feel broken. I don't. I don't feel like I'm at my wits end or anything like that. I'm here because I want to be better. Like I want to be the best version of me. And I got to that point because I recognized that if I wanted to, and I know, I know I can't avoid traumatizing my kids. Like trauma is a natural process of life that happens, you know, but my, my goal is to be sensitive and aware of the ways that I might be introducing or increasing the risk of trauma in a particular outcome. Right. So when I say that, um, I have a fear of traumatizing my kids and 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 my wife, my loved ones, and my community, and all that stuff. Um, my that that motivates me to recognize what I have been shaped and traumatized by, right? Um, and and in learning some of the things that have shaped me, it makes me a, a bit more aware. Like, okay, I, I might make some new mistakes, but I don't want to make the same ones, you know. Um, yeah. And and so so I don't I don't necessarily feel paralyzed by it. Well, I do understand how um, it could be driven uh, to that case. And yeah, there, there may be times when I, I I do move a little a little more tentatively um, because of that fear. But it's one of those like uh, it's two ways to respond. Well, not two ways, but in this, for the sake of this illustration, there's only two ways to respond uh, to a bully, right? Like either you cave to them or one day you you wild out and you fight back um this is one of those fears that motivates me to to uh, more eagerly engage the different parts of me and the world i'm forced to interact with on a regular basis yeah i hear you that's what's up bro i'm I proud of you for that too yeah, yeah that's what's up bro truly and i think what that does too is it breaks down that stigma of yeah. A lot of people think you have to wait to go to therapy until you're in crisis or until you have some obvious breakdown of some sort, and you don't. Um, yeah, you do. You don't yeah, have what to. I, I realized that regardless of whether or not I, I got a, a, a headache or whatever, I end up going to the doctor every year, right? True. Or most mm. years when I can regardless of whether or not I got a toothache or, or think I might have a cavity or whatever, if I can, if I remember the schedule, I go to my dental cleaners, you know, like, so the idea that, man, like I should wait until I feel like, oh my gosh, this is the, the only resort left to get, to get a therapist or, or a counselor of that sort. Um, it doesn't make a ton of sense when I think about having care for the health of the rest of my body. You know? Yeah. And the, one of the reasons why I talk about mental health in, in therapy so much is sometimes people can see oh well you've been through a lot of trauma so it makes sense that you're in therapy i'm like wait okay, what is that I'm, supposed to mean yeah i'm like okay you're trying it but i'm trying to normalize it on this end but that's not the only times that one right. could go i'm like i'm doing my part but <laughs> um, this isn't the you're <laughs> um you're trying it, but also <laughs> you don't have to wait till you're in crisis um, 
therapy is holistic. So I'm glad you're mm. bringing the holistic portion to it. Um, the question that I would ask you brothers is these fears that we're talking about and that we're bringing to the table, how do you think, or what would you say um, the fears that we're bringing to the table, how does it relate to community? And, and how can we put fear in conversation with community? And kind of what I mean by that is a lot of times we have these fears that we struggle with internally. And uh, as men, and then specifically, because we, we as Black men, um, typically the communal message <laughs> or the, the message that blasted at us is to fight harder, stronger, alone, individually. You got it, <laughs> dude. Um, but something that I've really uh, adopted is and, and begin to think about is what can we do to think about fear in general and, and individual fears is what could be done to put our fears in communication with uh, an ethic of communal care? And, and is there any place for our fears to be um, held in a brotherhood, right? Rather than feeling like we have to hold these fears um, and sorrows and sighing alone. What do you think? Yeah, or, or think, do we just have to handle it uh, Captain Marvel style and just uh, defeat Thanos alone? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like when fear, the concept of fear is properly contextualized, it's actually an asset to community, right? And I say that because fear is, in essence, a response to a threat or, or a, a potentially traumatic situation, mm -hmm. right? Like fear... fear in and of itself, it is, uh, oh, there, there is something that we have perceived that we've recognized uh, may yield a result that is not favorable to us. And fear is our response to that. It's, oh, oh, it, it's, a, it's a defense mechanism, right? Mm. Um, and we often speak of fear as if it's something to be avoided or, or, or for us to get rid of. And I don't necessarily know if that's the case. That seems kind of dangerous to me, right? Like I wouldn't want to lose my sense of touch because then I'll I won't know that my hand hit the stove, you know. So so fear is a is a protective measure, right? I think what we need to be aware of when we start making that a, a communal issue is that um, fear is not something that we get over by ignoring. It's something that we confront. So even if like superficially you got a fear of heights, the only way you're gonna conquer that fear is by getting on high stuff, right? Like looking out the elevator when they got the glass door doing whatever. Yeah. Um, the only way that we're going to uh, benefit from fear in community is when we are willing to be transparent about our fears and also to be sensitive to the fears of others because those fears are communicating a deep truth about that person that some of the things that they have either experienced or have justifiable cause uh probable cause to, to to believe that they can or will experience you know 
it's too convicting. Let me cut this off. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let me cut this off. I'm done with this conversation. Um, I think for me, uh, I love what Trey said, by the way. So I'm trying to go after this mini sermon was preached. Yeah, I'm um, done. I, I, I said I'm done with the conversation. Look, look the organ unplayed, the people yeah, I'm shouted. Done. I'm up here trying to collect the offering. <laughs> no. Um, I think for me, there are some things where I am willing and I probably need to like rip the bandaid off in a sense of like, you know what I'm saying? Um, but, but I'm learning that what I need is sometimes I just need somebody to hold my hand through that. And that can just be like, yo, this is a little scary. So just sit with me for a little bit. You don't even have to say nothing. Just sit with me for a little bit. Um, and honestly, my wife probably don't know it, but she's big in a lot of that. Like, there's just something that's very calming about her presence to me because she just is always cool. And I love that. Um, and so just her presence sometimes uh, is enough for me to push through a lot of things uh there's been a few times i've had some panic attacks and all i could do is call for her and literally it just goes like i mean slowly but it just goes um so i'm and i'm okay and at first i i couldn't identify that but now that i can uh i'm okay with that and you know people might be like oh you need somebody to hold. yes i do need somebody to hold my hand i don't care i do like we need people we, that's that communal care Trey just talked about. Like fear is literally driving me to community so that I can get by. And I'm okay with that. Bro, every time <laughs> you talk about your wife, I feel like a worse husband. That no, is, don't do that, man. Listen. I, no, no. First of all, don't tell me what to do. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> no, that's... I don't know. Listen, because I here's what I don't, I don't like when people like I don't like when people do that. Because like, listen, I don't necessarily believe in soulmates. I don't think I don't know. But if I did, like, I would say that my wife would probably be mine. But that's just me, and that's not necessarily true. That don't necessarily have to be true for everybody. But it's just like that's just our bond. It's weird. I've also known her since eighth grade, so like. We got a lot of years into this, so don't feel no pressure. See, for you still doing else. it though. Like this is I'm this is beautiful. This is like, a gorgeous story. And then if my wife bro, tuned into this podcast, you like, how come you don't be talking about? I've known her for like twenty two years, bro. Stop, on, stop man. doing this. Stop, because my <laughs> wife gonna listen to this and ask you why you don't be talking about me like that on the podcast. And I'm gonna be like, well, if I do it when Sam do it, then it's gonna seem like I'm doing it because Sam did it, and it's gonna ruin the. All right, I'm sorry. I got this sidetrack, man. I just I just heard. Look, Rob gonna cut it off where. He said he wanted to cut it off Bro, because nah, Trey don't know how to act. I'm, I'm going to edit all of it. I talked about a new segment. We're going to talk about uh, what's on the front burner, some some things um, that that uh, we are excited about personally as, as individuals and bringing that and sharing that with y'all. On this rendition of On the Front Burner, Friends are on the front burner and not that show friends that I have never seen and I probably will never see 
But uh, specifically, I have been in intentional conversations with people in my life as I enter, you know, this next stage of adulthood and thinking about how I want to cultivate community around me. And I have loved the reception that I've had to these conversations as I've thought about what does love look like in this next season of my life and what does showing up look like in this next season of my life and shout out to the people around me who have really risen to the task of what showing up looks like for me and for them and I have endeavored to uh, be a better friend and be a better um, loved one and I just love the people who are willing to evolve with you, who are willing to show you grace and really willing to make stances of this is what our community will look like. Um, and we are not willing to be passive recipients of love. We can grow, we can evolve and props to those people. So f good friends, evolving friends, friends that are willing to go the extra distance are on the front burner. Uh. Because we now have a Patreon, which Patreon. I want to encourage each and every one of y'all to, to visit at uh, patreon.com slash three black men. Uh, think through it, pray through it ask God <laughs> if, if he would have you partake in this work that we're doing because on top of some bonus content here we have uh, some blog pieces going up there's going to be some devotional content coming out and I want to encourage you guys um, to visit that Patreon patreon.com slash three black men go watch and, um, my kids ruin my videos go ahead watch, watch them, <laughs> them them babies ain't ruin nothing man matter of fact there's, there's more people going to sign up to, to see them babies how about that bro <laughs>